All right, special edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show today. What makes it so special? You, me, Super D. <laughs> That's what it is today. We get to have fun, all three of us together. So I hope you'll uh, chime in with your questions or comments. Say hi in the chat room, wherever you're watching or listening from, live or later, and let us know what's going on and say hi. And we'll say hi to you in a moment with the show, which will include uh, some discussion of asthma, and asthma drugs linked to suicides and other weirdness. Uh, see, data on uh, post-COVID injuries, including kidney health. How about long COVID discussion? BPA phthalates, microplastics, ultra-processed foods, the autism tsunami. What does it mean for the future? I don't recall. Wait, no, that's Fauci's line. And then the homeopathic hit of the day. Emphasis on the men, but women too, but more of the men today. Gather round. The Robert Scabell Show is about to begin. Let's let's get that healing started. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. Here's Robert Scott Bell. Take a deep breath and lay it, let it not be filled with asthma. How about that? As we start today's broadcast of the Robert Scott Bell Show, 10th of January, 2024. You, me, and Super D. That's it. Special edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. That means you'll have to put up with me yeah i know well no super don will be chiming and he's got some passionate topics i want to bring him in for he'll want to come in on it also the i don't know i don't remember i don't recall fauci we've got some updates there as he was uh brought in for i don't know surrounded by umpteen lawyers to don't say that don't say anything just say you don't remember we got that coming up as well homeopathic hit of the day men for you primarily but not exclusively and more. RobertCiabell.com slash listen for the chat room live or the various uh, channels you're watching on, including Q streaming on your TV or through the uh, browser. Either way, you can get it. Uh, Q streaming, we have a channel dedicated to the Robert Bell show 24 7 or something closely aligned with that. Channel 2495 on Q streaming. Go to RSB show one, the number one, dot myqstreaming.com and sign up. And you'll not only have the Robert Scott Bell Show channel, but you'll also have every channel you could ever want and not want. <laughs> you can watch whatever you want, including pay-per-view for no extra charge, just at that price every month. And it's a way better deal than any other you've ever found and seen. So check it out. You can even do fundraisers for your church or group as well, because everybody's paying for something. Most of you are. And why not try Q streaming? So check that out as well. We got lots of healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show, starting with trauma related to the lungs, but also relating to the drug that they use to the trauma for the lungs, creating even more trauma for children, like suicides, frightening hallucinations, and red-eyed demons. What? What the heck is going on? Yeah, that's right. Another FDA-approved drug, even though the FDA has been warning about it since the year 2020. 12 million young people 
are being prescribed still this asthma medication that leads to suicides, hallucinations of red-eyed demons, and more. You know of it. You've heard of it. It's called Singular. It's probably still being advertised on radio, TV, and everywhere. And millions of Americans and their parents that are letting their kids go on Singular probably have no earthly idea, even though the FDA, the Fear and Death Administration, has warned them about this. What are the doctors doing? Are they warning patients or are they just administering it and benefiting from the administration of these things that lead to suicides and hallucinations among young people? And why is there so much asthma? How about that for a question that won't be answered in mainstream media, except to say they'll, they'll pay lip service to pollution occasionally pollutants air is not clean, but here, take this drug that will cause you to commit suicide or see red eye demons or one. And then the other, whatever. This is, this is what we got. Now, for those of you who are Patreon supporters of the Robert Scott Bell Show, you know you have access to the chapter called Good Loving for Your Lungs in Unlock the Power to Heal, the book I wrote with Ty Bollinger. You have that because you're direct supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show, and thank you for that. As little as $4.99 a month gets you a lot of bonus materials and you know, video clips and downloads and all of that stuff. And it includes the lung health chapter, which could preclude the need perceived or otherwise of a drug causing suicide or hallucinations for asthma. Why asthma? Why? Why are the lungs constricted? Why is breathing so difficult for so many young people? Like when I was young, borderline asthma, congestion in the sinus cavity, a lot of mucus in the lungs, a lot of repeated infections met with antibiotics, which damaged the liver, the intestines, related to the kidneys, related to the lungs. Everything's connected to everything. That's right. The lung bone's connected to the kidney bone. I know those are not bones, all right? Just bear with me here. <laughs> the connection with everything. You destroy one thing, it's not independent of the destruction that happens secondary or tertiary to the damage to one organ or organ system. And the lungs normally for respiration, inhalation of air, pull the oxygen out of that air, get it in the blood, oxygenate other things the blood does. Detoxify, if you will, a waste product considered CO2, a signaling molecule as well, and get that on out, respiration, inflow, outflow, inflow, outflow. And there's a restriction going on in asthma. What's going on? The alveoli are injured, damaged. Why would there be a dysfunction in children? Think about that. Kids. Supposed to be healthy, right? They're young, they're vital, they're energy. And yet they can't breathe. I can't breathe. Why? Is that genetic? Really, there was a gene defect that made it difficult for kids to breathe. And how would they grow up to even reproduce? Wouldn't that be bred out of the uh, gene category? Lung issues? Or is that a more recent phenomenon since we decided to rely upon better living through synthetic chemistry? And that includes the synthetic chemistry that results in drugs like Singular causing suicide, hallucinations, and all kinds of nasty stuff. This is a black box warning label, and people are taking this drug and don't even know that there's this warning. Now, if they had to write this warning, let's say for... All right, let's uh, see. What remedy could they put on there? Okay, I'll just throw that remedy out. Why not? 
spongia tosta, homeopathic spongia. We joke about that because it's like toasted SpongeBob. It's a toasted sea sponge converted into a homeopathic remedy that addresses lung health, some coughing issues and things like that. Can you imagine if the use of homeopathic spongia resulted in hallucinations of red-eyed demons and subsequent suicide? Do you think the FDA would go, well, we ought to put a black box warning on that and it's still for sale? Or how about lobelia? The herb lobelia, God's medicine for the lungs and other things. Imagine if herbal lobelia, not a drug, sold as a dietary supplement, as an herb, in your local health food store, was linked to hallucinations, including seeing black, red-eyed demons and suicide among young people. Would the FDA said, hey, uh, you can keep selling that as long as you put a black box warning label on it. No, it, it would be front page news. There would be congressional hearings. Dick Durbin, if he's even alive, would come out of his whatever and go, oh, see, this is why we need to ban dietary supplements. There would be here and they would pull Lobelia from the market as fast as uh, they could pronounce that it was causing things that it's not causing. But how about Spongia? Oh, yeah, we got to ban Spongia, too. No black box warning. No, no, no. It's a drug. If it's a drug. We'll put a black box warning label on it and maybe people, the doctors will say something about it. Maybe they won't, but hey, we did our job. Not our fault if people are putting their kids on this stuff. Parents, you should know. We put out the warning. Doctors still prescribing it. How much tolerance would there be if doctors were prescribing spongia and lobelia and the same scenario was occurring? They would delicense the doctors. They would threaten them. They would, you know, out them. They would dinner, you know, everything that they could do. Double standard. There is no standard other than drugs for everyone all the time, even if we should pull it from the market. We'll just put a, a label on it and hopefully maybe you'll see it. But if you don't, it's on you. We're going to keep letting you have Because you know what? You might need red demon uh, hallucinations and suicide in your life if you have asthma. Said no parent ever. I would think no doctor ever either, but why aren't they focused on the real remedies for lung dysfunction? And it, when, when it comes to oxygenation, uh, transport of oxygen in the blood, we come back to a lot of things, including copper deficiency, the inability to use iron for oxygen carrying capacity in the absence of copper, which is why. If you got anybody with oxygenation issues, they should be doing the sovereign copper. Tablespoon a day at least, maybe three. And if they are dealing with lung issues like asthma, you might ought to consider helping the liver and the kidneys to function better because the body is often as an adaptive, uh, let's say cr a chronic disease, we call it, but adaptation for survival. If the liver and kidneys are not doing their job and getting rid of the garbage, Guess what? The lungs are used as another form of excretion pathways. Normally, it's a CO2, O2, you know, gas exchange scenario. There are a few other things, of course. But in this case, it's like, whoa, we got an outlet. Let's dump into the lungs. And then we start putting these toxic poisons in the lungs that constrict the airways. The alveoli are injured, damaged, whatever. You're, you're suddenly, <gasps> I can't breathe very well. But no worries, we'll put you on Singular, which could cause 
you to see red-eyed demons and maybe commit suicide. Tell me that the FDA is looking out for you and your kids. That's why I call them the fear and death administration. They want you to be in fear and they want you to die, but not before they can milk you for everything you're worth. So big pharma, the owners and controllers of our government, particularly the FDA and other agencies, get everything they can out of you before you leave this earthly plane. Telling you, man, if you are looking for the FDA to protect you and your family, you are looking for something that's never going to happen. Dismantle them and acknowledge and recognize that the only way you're going to carry on through this life in health and vitality is by doing pretty much the opposite of what the FDA tells you to do. By utilizing the substances, the natural substances of creation appropriately, herbs, homeopathics, different things like that. Downloading the chapter from my book, Unlock the Power to Heal, that I wrote with Ty Bollinger on lung health, good loving for your lungs, to learn about the various remedies that can help, herbs, homeopathics, and even nebulizing the silver hydrosol. You can nebulize the copper too to address any microbial imbalance or dysfunction, or let's say, uh, presence that's creating inflammation, immune response, inflammation, infection. We look to what? Neutralize those things, get them out. You can use various herbal expectorants, again, lobelia to heal. To, and there's so many things that you can do for asthma. Healing the liver, healing the intestines, healing the kidneys, healing the lungs. The relationship is known. It's not unknown. It's been known about for thousands of years. But your dunderheaded doctor that went to a Flexor Report Medical School goes, oh, I don't know. Uh, how about singular? Ask the question, why are the lungs malfunctioning, dysfunctioning? What's the relationship to other organs, organ systems? What's the relationship to toxic poisons? What's the relationship to nutrient deficiencies? You know, selenium plays a very big role as well in protecting lung tissue from injury, damage things that are exposed to it from an external source in terms of pollutants or other things that are brought into the body. They got a black box warning label on singular and yet how many millions, 12 million Americans each year still being prescribed something that could create a scenario that can bring about death. I recognize to not be able to breathe is very scary. It's one of the scariest things that can ever happen to you because you can live a long time without food. You can live a decent time without water. You can only live minutes without air, oxygen. It's the ultimate. And think about protecting your lungs. Guess what does it as well? The folium products. The most powerful adjunct antioxidant along with selenium, folium PX, the original, folium immuno, folium relax. These things are so profound that you could see a reversal of these things without ever having to resort to drugs that can cause you to kill yourself. How about that? Oh, that's unreasonable, Robert. How dare you promote a dietary supplement for something that's very serious? Yeah, well, you're darn straight. It's very serious, and you very seriously need to supplement your diet with things that can counteract the real cause of things like asthma. It's not a singular deficiency. Or any other drug, although, again, there are many inhalers, 
that are utilized as well. But in many cases, if you utilize the silver hydrosol in a nebulizer, you can oxygenate, you can reduce inflammation, you can heal tissue and find out that you rely less and less on even those inhalers. I'm not saying to stop and drop anything you're doing that's keeping you going. But if you want to live, you might want to consider reducing your consumptions of toxic poisons that have side effects that are direct effects that are not marketable that include suicide. And if you're successful at suicide, that's death in terms of the physical body. You might be immortal spiritually, but you might have to come back and experience this again until you get it right. It's incredible what they're willing to do for children. And they'll always say, oh, it's for the children. Dick Durbin, it's for the children. I care about the children so much. I want them to have singular so that they'll commit. What? That's a Pelosi line, actually, more than Dick Durbin. You think so? Pelosi. Oh, man. That's just, just, I've got somewhere. I've got clips of her talking about but yeah. the children and the children. The children right. And the children. How much do they care about the children? They're willing to keep this drug on the market that's causing them to suicide out. Yeah. You know, Chris uh, has, a, has a good point because you he, he, he were saying that it, it talks about red-eyed demons. It makes people yeah. see red-eyed demons. Chris in the chat room is wondering why the FDA can't ever approve any therapy that might induce visitations of bright-eyed angels instead. <laughs> well, what, what's with the demons, yeah, I know. right? What's up yeah. with that? We want hey. some bright-eyed angels instead of red-eyed demons, there's right? Probably some re- there's probably Chris. some recreational drugs that would do that. but Right, but remember, Chris... This is the agency that endorses a monopoly for the use of what? Sorcery. Pharmacia. And they tolerate barely the things of nature. Supplemental herbs, homeopathics, 100% organic whole food, food itself, etc. So is it Wednesday today? It Middle is. of the week? We're halfway there. <clears throat> wow. Indeed. Pretty amazing. Have you ever had, I, I don't know if I've ever asked you if you ever had respiratory issues like asthma. I know you, again, we've no. talked about your history of smoking since you were a teenager and you quit and everything. You succeeded, but. Uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was not a teenager. It was much Post later. Into years? That. Oh yeah. Young adult. We, we were working together when I was smoking. You were still smoking then. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. And I of course said, I can't work with a smoker. Right. And I fired you. <laughs> no, no, that was Batar. Oh, that was right. Yeah. Remember that? Yes. That's right. You couldn't believe it when you learned yeah. that shocked but it you know it was a thing in radio there was a stereotype right yeah if if you didn't have a coffee cup in one hand and a cigarette in the other (laughs) right you didn't fit in i defied that stereotype of course but yes you did yeah well that was anyway so respiratory issues no i never i i never had any uh, and until i got whatever it was the, yeah, uh, the COVID three years thing ago. manifestation. Yeah, yeah. Holy the, moly. That but was... then you understand the fear associated with people who can't breathe. So oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not criticizing their desire to get something to help them. That's not the issue. The issue is the FDA prohibiting you from knowing things that would help, including the banning of ephedra, basically. Well, that, yeah, that, that helped with that. And also, you remember we covered it when, uh, when they banned the uh, primatine mist. That's out right. of the uh, the stores, you know, which was exactly, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not probably the first thing you'd want to reach for, but it was something over the counter that would help people in, in a situation if they were having a problem and then they got rid of that. Uh, and mm-hmm. they, it, it, it wasn't even about what was in it. Global warming. <laughs> that, that's what they got global. Yeah. Well, you know, it has something in there that's going to, uh, cause you know, I, I mean, yeah. primatine mist really is causing global warming. <laughs> but it was a way for them to get rid of the competition. Right. Well, this yeah. is how they do it. 
So I don't think it's uh, cynicism or skepticism. It's realism when it comes to the fear and death administration. As I pointed out those examples, can you imagine if a homeopathic or an herbal remedy caused hallucinations and suicidal ideations and tendencies? What the, what would they do? Would there be a, oh, we're just going to put an extra label, a warning on that? Or would it be, you're killing people. We're going to arrest you. We're going we're gonna to shut down your store. We're going to uh, confiscate everything. We're going to find you. We're going to put you in prison. We're going to take it off the market yesterday. Well, and a black box warning only does so much mm-hmm. uh, if the doctor isn't going to tell you about it. Yeah. Right? If they're just going to exactly. prescribe it. You if you're relying tell, on doctors to tell you. And doctor me. said, take this. I'm going to take it. How many people pull out the thing and unwrap the thing and read this stuff? You know, unfortunately, mo- mo- I don't think enough people do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is some pretty nasty stuff. It's kind of like, you know, the the whole situation with the Tammy flu back in the day. Right? right. That created some of these hallucinations, too. And as far as I know, that's still on the market. It's still, yeah, I believe that's still a thing. Mm-hmm. It is. All right. So what do we got next? All right. Have we beaten that to a pulp? You okay with that? Do I? I think so. I just would reiterate, if you want to get the chapter on good loving for your lungs for free, basically, it's part of the process of becoming a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show, the bonus stuff we give you. We've made, and I've made the GI recovery uh, protocol, Silver Aloe, free for everybody. And I'm great, grateful I could do that. But a little bit of up, up, you know, come on. Support us a little bit more. That'd be great. We can do some more amazing things, including we're upgrading and updating the website in ways that I never thought we could ever do. And that's thanks to your support. So yeah, uh, we got an update on that. It's it's coming along nicely. Uh, we got a comment over on Rumble here. Uh, mm-hmm. Mary Gabriel says, my husband developed asthma in his 30s, mm-hmm. but with a change of diet, mold remediation of our home, herbals and salt inhalers slash salt rooms, mm-hmm. he was able to get off all pharmaceuticals. Beautiful. There you go. No, no suicide. Uh, no, was red that, that, no, I think that was just placebo effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you jerk. Uh, well, if it is, who cares? It's good. It's safe. It's yeah. not toxic. And by the way, just so you know, a lot of the drugs that are out there work because of the placebo effect. You know, listen, uh, for a long time, the mm-hmm. uh, scientific community uh, thumbed their nose at stuff. You know, placebo is just a placebo effect. Blah, blah, blah. Until I, I think enough of them uh, developed the same opinion that you just had. Mm-hmm. And now there's scientific research going on. They're trying to figure out how to isolate the placebo effect. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Put a placebo, I mean, <laughs> you know, put a creative a placebo pill and, 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 and patent it and, and, and sell it to people. But they literally are. They have finally, they've recognized that the placebo effect is a real thing. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out how to use it. Well, think in terms of cancer, cancer chemotherapy, for instance, is not therapeutic. It's deadly. And you survive that if you if you live, you survive that. And if it defeats cancer, arguably, it's the placebo effect that patients know they're taking something and they believe it's going to help them. And if they would give a quote unquote placebo pill, it would be they probably have the same or greater success because they wouldn't have the toxic toxicological burden well, that nearly yeah, kills them. That has happened. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago when, when, well, maybe it's been a little while because time, yeah. there's no sense of time on anymore for me, but yeah. I, it was a while, a while ago when they uh, did the study on the antidepressants and they found, they found that the placebo was doing better than the antidepressant. I mean, what does that tell you? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that a lot of these pills, I believe, 
I can't say definitively, but I believe that, you know, the, the doctor says, here, here's this pill. This is what it does. And then you take this and they still have to deal with the side effects. But the placebo effect is what is is helping them more than the pill. Not in all cases. Yeah. But in this case where they actually did the study, they found that, that you know, a, a huge number of the antidepressants that are being prescribed uh, were literally doing nothing. Yet the, they were doing lots of, of side effects. Yeah. Let's talk about these direct effects that they proclaim to be side effects because they're not marketable. And it's a way they diminish them, even though they're direct effects of the drug that are not marketable. And, you know, as it relates to, um, let's see, this thing in New Zealand. Let me see if I can find this. Uh, there it is. You know, I mentioned kidney health. If you know anything about Ayurvedic or ancient Chinese medicine, not communist Chinese medicine, going back thousands of years, we're talking pre-communism by far. Uh, they recognized the relationship between all organs and organ systems and particularly found some that were more powerfully or directly connected, like the kidneys and the lungs. So, you know, we were just talking about, you know, lung health, asthma, how much of uh, the asthma that's present is because we're burdening these children with toxic poisons. They're growing up on processed pesticide laden foods. They're being treated with antibiotics. Again, this was my upbringing and I was borderline asthmatic as a child, every allergy known to man. How much of that was liver, kidney, lung meridian rec recognition or acknowledgement of the direct, you know, connection between all of them. And we had a kidney story out of New Zealand and it relates to something very contemporary and it kind of relates to something that we're working on behind the scenes, but I'm letting you know about it, a long COVID type recovery uh, program that I'm going to be interviewing at least 30 different experts, docs, whatever, uh, non-docs alike on subjects related to this lingering post-COVID syndrome, whether it be COVID or COVID injections. And New Zealand, apparently... The country fudged the data on how the kidneys are doing after COVID injections. This is a January 2023 preprint in the Lancet. The New Zealand government released a study showing that a 70% increased rate of kidney injury following two doses of the Pfizer mRNA injection was evident. And it was apparently a dose-dependent effect. That is, uh, one dose showed a 60% increase in the rate of injury within a three weeks post-injection, while two doses showed a 70% increased rate of injury three weeks post-injection. Do you remember uh, the FDA talking about post-injection kidney injury, acute kidney injury, renal injury, Superdon? Do you remember that? Apparently, New Zealand knew about it, and they lied. They fudged the data, didn't tell anybody. And we were banned from YouTube and Spotify and LinkedIn because we dared to point out the adverse effects events directly tied to these COVID injections, much less the dangerous worthlessness of having them in the first place. Isn't there enough renal dysfunction on planet it's, Earth? This is a big deal. The study was actually released by the government and uh, it was this, this month in the Lancet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it indicated there was a 70% increased rate of kidney injury following two doses of the Pfizer mRNA vaccine. Yeah. 70%. That's pretty significant. And it was 60% just after one dose. So yeah. the second dose brought it up to 70%. Mm -hmm. And the study used uh, data they did. It was like 4 million people. So it wasn't like a little study. You know, From it was five years of age and up. Significant study. And yeah. originally, apparently, the study reported a, uh, a significant increase in the injuries however in an updated version of the paper mm -hmm. 
the reported rates of acute injury were substantially reduced. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, and uh, whoops, I, d- wait a minute. You forgot a couple zeros there, Fred. What, what, what'd you do? Typo. Hiding the data. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we can't remember. We can't recall. We're Anthony Fauci. Uh, these are the things that we had access to, to some degree, you know, as we were pointing out what was coming out, the raw data that could be released via a, a Freedom of Information Act request. Children's Health Defense did a lot there as well as others. And we pointed out what they were not reporting on. And when we were called purveyors of misinformation and disinformation, and yet they were suppressing any knowledge of the real risk of taking an mRNA injection or other for COVID, whatever you may believe that to be. So it's been an industry and government and media standard to suppress this information and to accuse the people who are trying to spotlight this information vital for fully informed consent on any intervention, medical or otherwise. The government medical media complex got together and attacked viciously. Anybody would point out now what the New Zealand government is apparently going. Well, we hid the data. It's in the study. I do that. Can we can we just move on? Let's not worry about that. It's amnesty. Amnesty, please. Amnesty. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't hold these people to account like Fauci, they know they can get away with it forever until they die and then have to meet their maker. At that point, there, you know, that's a whole different uh, equation. But for now, the illusion is they're getting away with it. Dude, I'm looking at at, at the data from Appendix One of the study, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it just there's a list of 40 different disease conditions in the adverse events of this study, all kidney related. Yeah, look at that. I mean, it just beat the crud out of, out of Can people's kidneys. You scroll kidneys. down and show that. Uh, hold on a second. Yeah, because yes. the, the article is there. But for those that are watching online, if you want to see the, the list of renal related damage, injury, ailments, dysfunction brought look at, about. Look at this here. Here it is. Injections. How did it injure the kidneys? I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. not even going to try and pronounce it. Take me three, 30 minutes just to pronounce all of these things. Yeah. But, uh, you know, all of these these conditions, these kidney conditions that they found. And apparently there was a list of 10 other injuries and syndromes. Mm-hmm. Uh, post-vaccine in the Pfizer trial that involved the kidneys. Yeah. yeah. Intravascular coagulation, granulomas. Oh, my gosh. What a mess. Now, let me ask you something. Yeah. I mean, I, this this is a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. All right. Stupid questions are... Uh, no such thing as stupid questions. Are, stupid people. Wait. Are, are informative oh, sometimes. meant to you, Superdome. I'm just joking. Um, if we had to speculate, we did a survey. What do you think the number of people uh, at Walmart uh, that yeah. were giving out these these Pfizer uh, vaccines uh, informed people as they were standing in line and rolling up their sleeve uh, that, uh, listen, uh, just want to let you know that there is a possibility there could be some kidney uh, uh, problems or damage uh, before mm-hmm. I give this to you? Yeah. I, I think it'd, it'd be a big fat zero. Do you remember the inserts when people requested the inserts on those things? And I do. Them a piece of paper, and this is what they I would do. see. And what would happen is, is in little tiny letters on that little on that piece of paper. Yeah, it would indicate that uh, because it was in a an ongoing uh, thing. Yeah, and it was an emergency use authorization that uh, you had to go to the website to get that information because it was evolving. So they just bothered not to print it on the paper. Well, And how about also uh, the information that was clearly given to everybody, you know, should you be injured or suffer an injury from this? uh, Good luck getting any compensation or medical care for it. (laughs) 
And none no. of that was being communicated. We were no. talking about it and we were banned for it. How about that for a twisted value system in our government? As again, coming back to whether it be a Pelosi or a Dick Durbin or anybody else. And, you know, I fault the Republicans too for not speaking out enough about this because they have been enamored, just like Democrats, by the pharmakia, the sorcerers of, of modern medicine. They screwed up on every level in every way possible. And they still are the ones in charge. They still are the ones considered the experts. They're still the ones that you have to consult with according to licensure and monopoly practice acts to care for your health post COVID injection, even though they contributed to the very thing that you're suffering from today. Kidney related. And everybody who got, who got banned like us, uh, has there been any, uh, uh, apologies? No, no, no mea culpas. No, Whoops, hey, sorry. You right. Here, sorry you can have that. your YouTube channel back. Yeah. No. Mm. No, I we mean, just gotta, we just gotta do better at screening people. What? How about screening your things you call vaccines and ban them outright like you would a dietary supplement that had a fraction of these side effects that are direct effects of the drug that are not marketable in this case? Once again, got to deal with it. Now, the one to two shot worsening scenario in this article, it also, I uh, believe, relates to this article from The Defender. Suzanne Burdick, PhD, two doses of COVID injection may increase the risk of long COVID symptoms. What? Patients who received two doses of a COVID-19 injection were more likely to experience symptoms of long COVID compared with people who were not vaccinated or had received only one dose. This is according to another peer-reviewed uh, article. This article was published in 2022, December. You're just hearing about it now for many of you that don't review this. And thanks to this author putting it out. But what is long COVID? Lingering symptoms associated with not just the COVID injection, but maybe just whatever they call COVID as well. People are having lingering symptoms that are not eliminated, not dissipated over time just on their own. In many cases, people are suffering. Most of them have been injected once, twice or more. Some, not at all. Acknowledge that. And some who've had these injections will claim nothing happened to me. What's the big, what's the big problem? Now, we don't know what was in their shots, but that's still in question. Nobody knows what were in the various lots, although there's information about hot lots and not hot lots, too, of these things. Long COVID. Now, before there was COVID, there were long whatevers that manifested in people with chronic illnesses. How about chronic fatigue syndrome? Kind of lasts forever. Chronic. You're fatigued. It's long. It doesn't dissipate. It doesn't go away. People suffering with Lyme, fibromyalgia, various different things that just lingered on and on and on. Worse than ever, though, post-COVID after these mRNA injections. And it's one of the things we're working on behind the scenes to develop this long COVID recovery plan. And we're going to be interviewing, I'm going to be interviewing many, many, many people with many doctors, many perspectives on this. I want you to have more information. I want you to be able to be fully informed as possible on what to do to move forward. And there are a lot of perspectives here. 
I'm not saying only one is the right way to go, but I'd rather have you resonate, pray, whatever, contemplate, study on the various options you have moving forward to break the cycle of what they call long, you fill in the blanks, okay? So this article shows how interesting it is to consider that the very thing that you couldn't criticize is the thing most closely associated with symptoms that don't diminish over time, apparently, and just keep going and going and going. Not a gift, I think, for most people suffering. I still haven't met or heard from one person who regretted not getting any of these injections, one or others. But I've heard plenty of people that said, I wish I hadn't gotten any. That's interesting in and of itself. That's just anecdotal self-reporting. But I think it's valid and viable that maybe they won't get away with it again. However, the human species is vulnerable to fear-mongering. When we don't know, we rely on experts who claim to know, even if they don't know, because it's our nature to say, well, they have more knowledge than I do because they've gone to fill-in-the-blank medical school. They have a PhD, which doesn't automatically make them smarter. It makes them good at often rote memorization, the ability to write papers, for instance, but doesn't automatically make them smarter than you. They're no more connected to the source of all wisdom than you are. In fact, you may be likely more connected because you're not worshipful of the brain or mind that you have, which is a, an instrument a tool, a computer, rather than that which controls things. If you do put your brain or mind in control, you're asking for, for trouble. This is also one of the reasons I say, as a healer, if you're a doctor, which the true origin of the world is, word is teacher or healer, what is your job? What I perceive the job to be is to connect you to the source of all healing, which I believe and perceive to be your divinity your connection to the divine, which supersedes even all the mental knowledge in the world. Every encyclopedia, every smart person put a million Einsteins together. It still doesn't reach the intelligence, the real intelligence, the wisdom of creation itself and that which we get from being created and our ability to access that beyond the mind, beyond the mental plane. But we also have been programmed to believe the mind is it, the ultimate. A lot of people worship the mind. In fact, they're deceived into thinking that the mental plane is heaven itself, that there's nothing beyond it. Of course, that's ego-driven. It's basically the home of the ego. And at that point, you're stuck, you're trapped. It's another layer of deception or pharmacia as well. To go beyond it is to, to tap into the wisdom of the healing that the ancients knew because they had less official dogma and schooling, and watering down education so that it could be uh, basically controlled, manipulated. You could deceive the doctors. You could deceive those who searched out help or sought help from doctors. And again, in a modern context, 1910 was the famous year, the tragic year, when modern medicine took a turn for the worse. There were already bad problems. Heck, in the 1790s, Dr. Samuel Hahnemann, a physician of his day in Germany, realized how dastardly and dangerous modern medicine was back then as they were poisoning people to death with mercury and other things. And he developed homeopathic medicine, which the modern allopathic dysfunctional reductionist collectivist mindset dismisses because they only believe and perceive in molecules and the more the better. And the evidence that their drugs work and homeopathy doesn't is that their drugs can kill you. 
And no matter how much homeopathy you take, it can't kill you. Isn't that interesting to consider? That's kind of weird, isn't it? So authors in this article found that there were statistically five statistically significant predictors in developing long COVID. One, pre-existing medical conditions, a lot of chronic conditions that precede it. Another, having higher number of symptoms during the acute phase of COVID-19. Included in this list of risk factors, two or more doses of the COVID-19 injection. Number four is the severity of the illness. And interestingly enough, number five is whether you are admitted to a hospital or not. Isn't that interesting? If you are admitted to a hospital, it's more likely that you have or are suffering with something called long COVID, even though there are a lot of arguments about what that is, et cetera, or how to define it. Five factors independently associated with the heightened risk of long COVID. And this is what our friend, Dr. Peter McCullough had, had uh, recognized in a Substack post about the study. Now, some of the symptoms that are chronic and long include fatigue, cough, difficulty breathing. Isn't that interesting? A lot of lung-focused issues, chest pains. We've talked about loss of taste and smell, loss of taste and smell, brain fog, heart palpitations, anxiety. All of these things can be remedied, none of which I think are appropriately remedied by a drug. That's just me talking. Yeah, I have a bias against drugs. I'm not saying there's never a point and a place to use them. But in terms of recovering from chronic, debilitating, whatever we call long COVID, poisoning the body out of it is absurd because arguably the reason you're suffering is the poison, the toxins you've been exposed to. Food, water, air, and then medicine, the drugs themselves. You want to check out an updated list of what the the because uh, I I put this together because we're working on stuff right mm-hmm. of the symptoms of long COVID you want to see this yeah this is what the, this is because you know initially the list had like five things remember that yeah it was like oh it's this 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 and this that's long COVID this is the new list here check this mm-hmm. out fatigue post exertional malaise <laughs> I think everybody has that don't they to some degree. Uh, cognitive impairments, shortness of breath, chest pain or tightness, heart palpitations, mm-hmm. joint or muscle pain, persistent cough, loss of taste or smell, headaches, dizziness, sleep disturbances, depression or anxiety, tinnitus or earaches, nausea or vomiting, diarrhea, fever. This sounds like a drug commercial, doesn't it? Yeah. Skin rashes, hair loss, blood, cl- blood clotting disorders, neurological symptoms, respiratory symptoms, cardiovascular issues, gastrointestinal problems, and menstrual changes. Mm. What do you do with a list that big? And that's not all exhaustive. There are more. But these are the things we're going to have to address in the Long COVID Recovery Summit. Now, that's not to say that somebody has all of those things on that list, but over time, they've been like, well, okay, we'll add this, we'll add this, we'll add this. I've never seen a list that long of symptoms of anything have you well uh side effects to drugs yes <laughs> yeah right that's why i said it sounded like a drug yeah. commercial when i was reading right. that off yeah <clears throat> ask your doctor if long covid is for you it's right for you <laughs> yeah we're gonna counteract it y'all get ready get ready it's gonna be fun gotta do some good work here but it's a big task it is to counteract this absurdity, this nonsense. And I, I have to believe, Super D, that we are not in the minority anymore 
in perceptions. We certainly talked about the, ev- the the evolution of thinking about vaccines themselves because of the lies and deceptions about the COVID injections. They caused millions more people than we could have ever reached through our little show. Even though this is a 25th year of broadcasting, still a pretty well-kept secret in, in health talk media. No. Thanks to you all for sharing the show to help others to learn about it. But we are at a point of, uh, you know, we talk about a turning point, uh, tilting, you know, it's like that, you know, we're right on the precipice of they're not getting away with the same stuff they used to get away with. All the same things, the yelling and screaming, the calling us names, not working because many of the people that were even calling us names are now going, oh, maybe they were right. Yep. Maybe I was lied to and deceived. So remember, folks, in 2024, we are in 2024. The tide has turned, the shift is on, and you are on the winning side. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Are you talking Sherlock Holmesian language? What did you say? I said strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Okay. (laughs) That was a Bill and Ted. uh, Well, that's good. Sorry. Yeah. I thought you might pick up on that. I like, no, you know, I know some of Bill and Ted, but not all of it. But I do remember it as you say it that way. So let's see here. We got a homeopathic hit for men later in the show. That's next Women hour. too, but that's coming up later. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Uh, the Fauci stuff. He doesn't recall. We got a, actually a video. Did somebody compile all the time? Because Yeah, thinking- there's this guy. I can't remember the guy's name. He's got a, a, a channel over on Rumble, and we've featured some of his videos that he puts together. He's mm-hmm. super brilliant when he puts these things together. Um, showing the contradictions and the lies of politicians and things. And there's been a couple that we've done that had to do with, uh, I think, Fauci. Um, and it is a new one just came out. And, um, uh, yeah, we'll have a little fun with that next hour. Yeah, so, the, yeah, when I was thinking about Rand Paul targeting Fauci to go, you know, we want to hold you to account, which is a good thing. I don't know if he had a video like this because, as you say, I can't recall. I can't just play him the hit list of Fauci, all the things he said, and go, do you recall that now? <laughs> would, would he say, well, that was artificial intelligence. It's rare. It's not I real. May, I right. may have talked to that person yeah, at one of the events I went to where thousands of other th- people were there. I may have said hello. <laughs> I may have waved. Uh, but I don't recall uh, having yeah. that. Yeah. Hmm. Yep, that's pretty much pretty much what it was apparently yeah so. another thing that you are really into now and i say that well you know when you get lit up and passionate i can just get out of the way and lately it's been about the plastics the uh nanoparticulate uh contamination everything from water bottles to so many things and um there is a uh, an article here you found and it's listed at cbs news out of money watch and it says bpa which is bisphenol a and phthalates widespread in supermarket foods, regardless of packaging, Consumer Reports says. So we're talking about things that aren't wrapped in plastic, still containing plastics. It's everywhere. It's endemic. You want to talk about something that's endemic, not something we'd want to be endemic. So if you're looking to reduce your exposure to plasticizers, this article says, contrary to what you think, shopping organic and avoiding plastic food packaging isn't a surefire way to avoid these things. Uh, It used to be. Yeah. It used to be. In fact, it was, you know, it was the, it was the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you, you go with the, the crunchy granola uh, version of, of life, yeah. uh, you're not going to be exposed to this stuff. But sure. lo and behold, 
what I like to say, and it, you usually laugh at it when I say it, uh, humans suck. <laughs> they do. My, my wife we have, when you say that. And I'm, like, not, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to be like Al Gore or anything, but, mm -hmm. I, you know, you got to be realistic here in the situation. We have really screwed things up for ourselves <laughs> on this planet. Yeah. Um, again, I don't think there's any way you can save the planet. Uh, uh, it's kind of like uh, George Carlin when he talks about people wanting to save the planet. He's just like, Pfft. You know, the planet doesn't care about us. You know, when it's done with us, it'll just, you know, get oh, yeah. rid of us. Yeah. We'll be done, you know. I've said um, that many times as well. I agree with Carlin on that. It's like Ironically, though, here's the ironic part of the Carlin bit. Mm -hmm. it, 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 in the joke, he said, you know, the only thing that the uh, the planet needed us was plastic because yeah. it didn't couldn't make plastic. So it was like, yeah. hey, okay, guys, you know, I, I need you because I want some plastic. Well, it turns out that plastic and old George there didn't know this at the time because the mm -hmm. science wasn't there. Plastic apparently it seems more and more is, is the, is a, a major contributor to a lot of what it is that we're dealing with today health wise. And we talked about it yesterday with the, the water bottles, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that they, they, they kind of already knew all oh, microplastics. That's the thing, you know, maybe water bottles may not be all that great for you. And then they did the study and found that, whoops, oh, well, shoot, you know, we just, uh, we figured out how to be able to see micro microplastics and nanoparticles really well. And we found out there's a quarter of a million uh, uh, microplastics and nanoparticles in one liter of bottled water. Mm -hmm. Quarter of a million. Yeah. And the more you, you look into, you know, what, what these nanoparticles are and how they behave, I just, dude, it's like, it, it like kept me up last night. I couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just like, wow, yeah, we have no idea what we have gotten ourselves into. And so I, I took a little bit of time, mm -hmm. not that I have a lot, but, you know, I, I sacrifice so when I get fired up about something. I did some research last night mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, how do nanoparticles, what, what are they doing? What are they potentially doing? And we don't have a lot of science on it yet, but there's a lot of common sense you can use in the situation because apparently these nanoparticles, <clears throat> they're so small that they can penetrate pretty much anything in your body and they'll travel around in your body. They'll get into, they're, they're so small. They can actually enter cells. Mm -hmm. That's how small they are. And these nanoparticles, they carry with them chemicals, right? You know, BPAs and, and heavy metals and stuff. And so I'm looking at that. I'm going, all right. So you got BPAs, endocrine disruptors, heavy metals and stuff that are being transported around your body with these little nanoparticles you know, and they get in here and they deposit some over here and they travel over here and they deposit some over here. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, that aren't the majority of like the chronic diseases that we talk about on the show and the chronic diseases that you see talked about in the news, so like that, aren't those caused by things like endocrine disruptors and heavy metals, you know, and all that kind of stuff? And so I, uh, I, I you're going to laugh when I do this, but I, I've got some screen grabs here of mm -hmm. some of the information that I was looking up. I was talking with my friend. ChatGPT, who helps me with doing a lot of this research. Let me get rid of this graphic. Mm -hmm. And so I was asking it some questions. And so I was, I asked it about, you know, uh, you know, what do these things do? And, and, and actually the first question was, because, you know, the first thing you're going to say is, well, you know, you can't prove that the nanoparticles are, are because of the bottle. And I'm like, well, where, where would it have come from? So I, I started digging into that. And it turns out here, according to ChatGPT, which you know uses reasoning and logic, 
uh, you know, the strongest explanation for the presence of the nanoplastics is the water, the water bottle itself. And so I just started digging and digging. And one of the things I was, I thought was, okay, so when did, when did we start doing this plastic thing in this country? You know, let's get some history on the situation. It turns out that the plastics really started to become a thing back in the 50s and 60s, post-World War II. Yes. And so that's when it started. So what are we talking about? We're talking about, what, 70, 60, 70 years ago, right? And uh, then I was like, well, okay. I asked, I said, you know, what would be the things theoretically, knowing what these nanoparticles and these, these things are and what they carry and what they do, what kind of diseases would these things potentially create in the human body? And this is the, the list that it came up with. And I'm looking going down this list. I'm like, cancer, okay. Uh, reproductive health issues, neurological disorders, ADHD, uh, obesity, right? You know, that's a huge thing that we've been talking about for years. Autoimmune diseases, cardiovascular disease, gastrointestinal disorders, allergies. And so I looked at this and I'm like, Okay, is there, is there some kind of correlation that we could look at here? And so you pull up a chart like this, right? Now, this only goes back to the 70s, mm-hmm. but it started in the 50s and 60s. But you yeah. look at like, and we've talked about this before, right? The autism rates, you know, there was one in 10,000 back in the 70s. And now it's, th- this goes to 2020. It's even less. Now. I think it's like one in 34 or something like yeah. that now. Yeah. So y- you put all this together and and your head explodes and and you you have to like walk around in circles thinking about it and i'm just going you know this really could explain a lot of things all of these things where you've had this explosion of all of these chronic diseases and cancers and 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 stuff you know that that today the the scientists are scratching their heads like well we're not really sure you know why this happened isn't it weird that it it just happened to start at the time that they introduced this plastic and we've had people, our generation, right, for the last, you know, for us, 50 some odd years, going on 60 soon for some mm-hmm. people. Um, and we've been exposed to this, this, these nanoparticles and these microplastics that entire time. Yeah. Would that not theoretically explain a lot of the health conditions that we're seeing today? I mean, it seems pretty, I mean, it'd be stupid to say no. You know, I mean, really, now you're going to have people are going to say, oh, well, there's no robust uh, scientific evidence. So it's like, come on, man. You know, I mean, yes, you're right. You are. You are right. There's no haven't been any random, you know, control trials. You don't have it done yet because you guys aren't going to do them. Well, let me ask okay. you one thing, because you're you're playing this uh, role like opposite me. I mean, I can now play skeptic to you and I'm not going to because it's too easy. But you are basically capable of hosting the super don show because of what you do what you uh, know that's a I know, one-off I, <laughs> well, well, <laughs> I, but your passion there you're you're digging deep on it and let's just ask the question about the plastics are they known to be xenoestrogenic that is impacting endocrine function 100 production okay 100 yeah, so, so let's ask the question about what have we seen uh you know also ex- exploding uh, recently, and there could be a lot of factors involved, but this is a big one: uh, gender dysmorphia, gender mm-hmm. confusion. How much of the uh, I- impact to the endocrine system is is resulting in that? Now, I'm not saying it's the only thing, but if you look at also the trend, where you talk about these lines going up since that time frame, 
there are a lot of things that have occurred. So I, I tend not to say it's only that, but it's added Correct. to that. And oh, I believe, yeah, I would, I would 100% agree with you mm-hmm. that it's not just one thing, but I could say that uh, there's, there could be a very strong case made mm-hmm. that the, the plastic situation that we are finding out now uh, that is, is way worse than we thought it was. You know, I mean, think about it. Environment, uh, environmental exposure to things that we, we breathe, that comes in our lungs, and then it gets into our blood system. We eat food. We're finding out the food has microplastics in it now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, look around yourself right now. You know, everybody who's listening to this right now, just do a, do a 360 real quick, unless you get motion sickness, you know, and, and look around you. And how much plastic are we surrounded by? And we're in contact with every day. It's literally everywhere. You know, and they're talking about the bottled water. Well, that's just one thing. How many other things do we consume in a day that's packaged in plastic in one way or another? I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. And also, <laughs> what is the war on hemp about? Partly because it could replace the need for petrochemicals, oil-based plastics, xenoestrogenic plastics. And so we have the ability to produce products that we've become accustomed to and that have enhanced some certain aspects of our lives. But could we do it without the detriment? Yes. But that threatens an entire industry. The oil industry, once again, come back to the petrochemicals, the synthetic chemistry, et cetera. And I've said many times, it's not one thing, it's every little everything, but it's a lot of one thing. When you talk about one bottle, plastic bottle of water, millions of particles, nanoparticles in it. I, I would, I would, I would challenge you to go through one day without touching plastic. Who could do good it? Luck. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, not that yeah. I'm trying to cause mass panic and 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 everybody just to go jump off a cliff. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a, it's really, it's a a big deal mm-hmm. when you when you look at it and yeah. when you start to consider all of the things you know, we're, BPAs and PFAs and all this stuff. We have surrounded ourselves. In, with poison. I mean, just, just here's literally. The good, here's the good news in the midst of that. And I'm going to use myself as a living example of that because I was chronically ill. As I said, this is like, uh, who was it going to complain? Diana, poor little Scotty stories. Remember yes. for the new folks, you don't know this <clears throat> first 24 years of my life, chronically ill vaccine injured, smallpox vaccine back in the day, chronic antibiotic use, anti-inflammatory, non-steroidal, steroidal, Allergy injections, allergy medicine, you name it. I was on it. I had it done. So first zero to 24 years in the midst of an environment with increasing use of these plastics. In that time frame, since the age of 24 to now, what, 57, 58, almost 30 plus years. I've gotten healthier. I've gotten stronger. I've overcome tremendous odds or not odds, but toxicological burdens because I learned about nature. I applied the laws of nature creation, utilized the substances and energies of the natural world to counteract all the stuff that man has created. This is not to say that I'm diving headlong into more plastic and more of this. I'm trying to reduce it all the time as well, but the, the capacity to overcome a myriad of assaults and insults is almost unlimited if you do not just the things I say, but many people have been talking about this and some would say, Robert, you're not even close to where you need to be. 
right? I would, I would agree. There's certain things I'm not doing that I could do better. There's always something more, but despite not doing all of those things that someone say you could do better here, here, and here, I've been able to overcome a lot. That's not to say I'm not also carrying a little bit of the burden from that exposure. I am like we all are. I, I like, think you literally, you, you, you can't help it. You know? No, there's no way to completely yeah. even re- you go to the remotest part of the, the world and you'll still find evidence of this contamination. But the resilience of creation, if you apply everything within your power, and I, this doesn't preclude praying for those things you can't, you don't have control over, but the spiritual connection as well, the outlook, the positive, all of that plays a role in overcoming the challenges, the threats, the exposures we can't fully control. So my argument is do not give up. And I know, Super Don, that's not your message. Give up because no, it's no, no. Up. Listen, we've presented the problem, yeah. and for me, I'm still kind of overwhelmed by it because I'm Ooh. looking at this and I'm just connecting the dots, and I'm just like, wow, yeah. this is just you know, this is a big deal. But the, what are the solutions? The mm-hmm. solutions, and I've said this before, and I'm with you know this realization, which I don't really like that word, but it is what it is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've I've talked about how important detoxification is because we're just surrounded by that stuff. And it is, it's, it is, I mean, it's literally, if you don't, if you aren't doing something above just whatever the body normally does on its own without any assistance, um, you're just asking for, for problems. Mm-hmm. These yeah. are the people that are, are dying of the cancers and the, and the liver failures and the kidney yeah. failures and the, you know, and, and all of the, the, the autoimmune disorders and the, mm-hmm. the neurological disorders and stuff. So as we wrap up hour one, I'd say stay strong. If you're not already strong, get strong. And if you're not sure how to do that, keep listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. And check out the Detox Dialogues. And the Detox Dialogues. We'll continue talking about this and many other things as well. The homeopathic hit coming up for the men, but the ladies too. And more after this on the Robert Scott Bell Show, where I simply remind you that the power to heal is still yours. Remember, if you want the certified organic U.S. grown hemp CBD products from Nutritional Frontiers, you can get them at 15% off all the time with the code RSB15 and any and all of the products that they sell, including many of the detox focused products of supporting the into the new year are already on sale. Some 15% off and more. You can take an additional 15% off with the code RSB15. Go to NutritionalFrontiers.com, NutritionalFrontiers.com. Dot com. What do we got coming up? We got upcoming events like the Autism Health Summit. Thanks to Tracy Slepsevic and others. We're going to be there February 2nd and 3rd in San Antonio, Texas. Ah, uh, man. Got memories there. That was where uh, Michael Badnarik settled in before he left this, this Earth planet. Uh, Michael Badnarik, my good friend. So we're going to be back in San Antonio for the Autism Health Summit. And the links are there. You can sign up, become part of it. If you can join us in person, that'd be awesome. If not, there's streaming options. You have, if you're medical doctors, chiropractors, NDs, DCs, uh, 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 nurses too, you have continuing education units and CMEs available to you. So there are a lot of reasons. If you're a parent of uh, someone who's on the spectrum or if you're partly there, this is something that could be helpful to you to attend and learn from a lot of great gifted healers and uh, the speakers that are going to be there, exhibitors as well, providing solutions, options for you. And uh, there's another article we're going to cover, I think, uh, about the autism tsunami and how much it's going to cost to manage the kids growing into adulthood with this situation. 
And uh, it's an untenable debt that cannot ever, ever be covered. And on top of the, the federal debt, that's not federal because the Federal Reserve is neither federal nor has any reserves. But put that aside for a moment. Also want to say uh, there are other events beyond that. The Trinity Health Freedom Expo, February 17th and 18th. It's virtual. There will be everything that you couldn't see all at once available to you online, virtually through the Whova app as well for three months for only like 35 bucks. Best deal ever. And there will be new material submitted, including at least one live panel discussion on health freedom with Jonathan E. Mord and more. That's coming up. Please consider signing up and uh, being with us. That's virtual, so you can be anywhere and be with us on that one. And then join us in the Atlanta area for the Functional Medicine Summit and Expo, thanks to the Warners World Wellness Weekend. And there will be a lot of doctors of chiropractic there as well, associated with Life College, Life University, or whatever they're calling it now. <laughs> and uh, a lot of great speakers at that event. I'll be there as well as emceeing. And then following that in Atlanta, the 14th through the 17th, we're out in Lake Lanier Islands Resort, nextsteps.info, next-steps.info. Thanks to Tia Severino putting that on for the third year in a row. It's always solution-oriented, and I'm going to be presenting there, be broadcasting there. I'll have a booth there, and we'll have a lot of fun out in Lake Lanier Islands Resort. Hope to see you there. There's more after that. We'll get confirmation and add it to the list, but if you would consider becoming part of our newsletter subscriber, uh, it costs nothing to do so. You can text my initials RSB to double six eight double six. That is six six eight six six. Send RSB in the you know text field, and you'll be prompted to enter your email address. It's that simple for free. You'll be part of the RSB Show newsletter. And if you'd like to step it up further, become a patron supporter, and there's a whole lot of bonus stuff you get access to, including our monthly AMAs, where you get to ask me RSB all kinds of crazy questions and not crazy questions, and even Super Don or questions of each other. We've developed quite a, a beautiful community of people that are helping each other here in the Robert Scott Bell Show family, which leads to the RSB family reunion that is going to be hosted in Missouri in, I believe, June, which Super Don, we still don't have Leslie giving us a poster or banner to promote it yet. Uh, I'm just looking forward to that the moment we have it because there are limited, limited space available, even though it's outside, most of it uh, on the homestead. I'm going to bug her about that right now. <laughs> Please do. Right now, as we're mm. as as we're speaking here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let's see where are you, Leslie? Oh, look, she's even online. Yay! All right. Um, Where's the poster, Leslie? Do you have a poster to show online? Get it to us. Get it to us. All right, we'll add that into the mix now. Um, this hour, this is another thing that's got Super Don really fired up. This is why it's a special show when we get to do you, me, and Super D, right? No guests other than you guys and gals in the chat room. If you've got questions or comments, please submit them. If you're on Rumble, I don't see them. Super Don does, and we'll, uh, we'll acknowledge you, if not during the uh, normal two-hour or so broadcast or the bonus round that follows, uh, we'll get to you as well. Uh, but please submit those questions and comments there or leave them on our website at robertscottbell.com or you can even call and leave a message toll-free 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. So let's go to the, let's see, is this the story here I'm looking for? It's about processed foods. We did the BPA story, right? The phthalates there. Yeah, here it is. Yes, the ultra-processed diet. How many times have we covered stories, even from the peer-reviewed medical literature, 
from the medical books and, and uh, the uh, periodicals, etc., that talk about the contribution to poor health by consuming or relying upon food that is processed or highly processed or even ultra processed. And I don't think it's uh, a stretch to say that food that is altered and the minerals removed from it and then it's packaged in cellophane or plastic, we just talked about that, is not going to be a long-term strategy for good health or health recovery. But the manufacturers of ultra-processed foods want you to know that it ain't that bad, <laughs> as you might imagine. Ultra-processed foods, man, we really couldn't do without them. The food industry is really in a, you know, it's, it's in a quandary because as you wake up to the reality of ultra-processed foods, many of you have reduced or eliminated your reliance or use of them and have gone to 100% whole food type plant-based or otherwise diets, whether it's meat or plant-based, but from a standpoint of non-factory farming, eating the food as it's grown, growing your own food. And this is causing a dent in the sales of some of these foods. I don't know how well fast food is doing compared to previous years, but I still see there, as far as I can see, they're thriving because they're offering calories for cheap relative to what it would cost to buy certain things that are certified organic. Super Don is learning that right now having uh, lived up to his New Year's resolution to go organic in 2024. Certain staples are not that much more. Sometimes at certain times of the year, they could be the same price or even less. Of course, if you grow them yourself, that's even better. But when you get into the staples that include proteins from animal sources, that's where you see the most expensive leap in terms of cost per ounce, but still arguably much less expensive than the cheap food that you think is more affordable because of the price of dealing with the chronic de debilitating degenerative diseases, including cancer, when you eat factory farmed, chemically controlled or, or chemically produced, manipulated and highly processed foods. So ultra processed foods become a bad word. Beyond GMOs and high fructose corn syrup, the article here, uh, I think it's on, uh, was it the Wall Street Journal that's published this? Yeah, but the industry is going to fight back. You know they are. They've got lobbyists. They've got PR firms. They advertise on the news. So they're not going to let this go unchallenged. And so these food factories, these food manufacturers that are doing ultra-processed foods are trying to convince us, contrary to what's in the medical literature, much less common sense, that these highly processed foods are really actually kind of good for you. And they're not, they're not tied to bad problems of health. In fact, if we didn't have highly processed foods, everybody would starve to death. <laughs> if not everybody, then a lot of people, we would not be able to feed the people of planet earth without this. This is the argument about chemically grown foods as well. Genetically engineered foods as well. If we don't genetically modify things, we can't feed people of planet earth which is not true when you investigate organic agriculture, the regenerative farming practices. And if you had everybody growing some food, we'd have food forests everywhere. We'd have food abundance instead of scarcity. But then again, we wouldn't be customers of these very profitable industries that want to maintain their profitability, despite the science showing that their products are not good for you and may be outright highly dangerous or causing chronic diseases, including, yes, the C word cancer. So what are the arguments, pray tell, Super Don, if you've heard of any or know of any, or if you want to play devil's advocate to push back on my perspective and many others' perspectives that 
Organic whole unprocessed foods are the way to go. And these highly processed foods we could do without. Well, okay. So <clears throat> I did not get a chance to read this one entirely, but mm -hmm. the argument. You got some uh, on it though. I the know. argument basically goes that the ultra processed foods are, uh, and, and what they, 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 where they go is like the starving kids in China type thing. Yeah. Remember that we grew up with that, you know, finish that food on your plate. There are kids starving in China. Um, I remember it was Africa, not China. Was it Africa? Me. Okay. Whatever. Anyway. I think they are. There are probably some people starving in China too. Sure, and North Korea. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, the idea here is that uh, without ultra processed food, without the food being ultra processed, uh, it will spoil quicker. It will not. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, you know, it won't sit on the shelf for six months and still be okay to eat. Mm -hmm. um, and there isn't enough non-processed food. Uh, to be able to reach all of the starving people around the world mm -hmm. and be easily transported on planes and ships and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, to feed them. So, uh, you know, I, one of the arguments anyway is that uh, if if we didn't have processed food, then people would die, just like you said, and they mean that literally. And uh, you know, look when you when you crunch this, the numbers on the situation, you kind of look at you're kind of like, yeah, okay. I mean, I can understand what they're saying. If you are if you are living in the desert and you have no food and you haven't eaten in a week um and somebody comes along and they give you a uh a frozen burrito <laughs> or whatever should you eat that or should you die mm -hmm. well okay we're talking about I mean that's an extreme situation sure, right but the, but they're not arguing on or against the articles posting the health impact that's not great of this is relying true. on ultra they're not that's not their argument their argument is you need us because you'll die without us you won't eat anything and i guess that's because we become so accustomed to the magic of food appearing boom at an instant or having it from the freezer you know how did our ancestors survive without fresh frozen or not so fresh but frozen fried and breaded fish sticks <laughs> from from factory farm fish. I, I mean, you know, these are the things that our lifestyles have been uh, leading us down this road to dependency on these highly processed foodstuffs. Right. Because once again, what's the percentage of people in America or any Western country that are growing their own food and then have enough stored food or preserved food in some way like ancestors had to survive a little bit of a famine or a supply chain disruption difficulty. So the more you rely on this, the less, likely you are to survive a downturn in the economy that is so devastating that the things you become accustomed to are suddenly not available and you're not prepared for that. No, you're, yeah. You're, I mean, you're right. It's the thing is, is it's not a hundred percent a black and white issue. Mm -hmm. And I think what you've got is you've got these lobbyists that are wanting to, uh, you know, uh, go into things like what is the definition of an ultra processed food? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, according to what I see here, ultra processed food is basically, uh, mostly made from things like fats and starches and sugars and hydrogenated fats. Um, and it, you know, what they like to do is they like to point out that if you went into like a whole foods, right. And, and I think a lot of people fall into this, this, this trap where if you're walking down the aisle and you see something that says it's organic, <laughs> 
you're like, oh man, I, I oh yay. And so you go home and you open up the box and you start scarfing it down. You're like, I feel great. I feel healthy. I'm eating this because it's organic. But believe it or not, there's such a thing as ultra processed organic food, right? Yes. It's full of starch and mm-hmm. sugar and, 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 you know, what, you know, these, these hydrogenated oils and, and stuff like that. Right. Um, and so one of the things they want to point out is, well, you know, well, this is a uh, process and this is process. And it doesn't mean that that's, you know, uh, healthy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a thing where obviously the, the, the companies that are making the ultra processed food, which we know when you mm-hmm. look at it on face value, when we're talking about ultra processed food, what are we talking about? We're not talking about the organic, uh, Oreo cookies at whole foods. We're talking about the standard American diet, which is not organic. Right. We're, we're talking about the potato chips and the, and the, and the, the, the hamburgers and the Big Macs, you know, and the, and the, the stuff that people generally are eating that's causing these problems. Science has proven this. It's, it's not like there's a question about it. We know it's not good for you. Science knows it's not good for you. Nutritionists and dietitians and all those, they know it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. How much of our, our government taxpayer funds are going to subsidize big food manufacturers, GMOs, pesticides, other things, as opposed to, you know, I'm not into government doing these things, but let's just say, well, imagine if they switched it out and said, hey, let's promote a garden in every home, outside every home, and more fresh food production in every home. And if you want to convert it into something processed or refined, you could do that yourself. You could certainly add a lot of sugar as long as you have access to it. Uh, I'm not saying that organic Oreos are really healthy food, but they have fewer, let's say. Cleaner. Uh, yeah, cleaner. Yeah, it's cleaner. But it still isn't an ideal thing to rely upon. I mean, when when my kids and me, we, we went to, did I say that right? Or my kids and I, we went to uh, Columbia, the Mountains of Hope Healing Retreat, and it was all organic. Everything was grown on site for the most part. We had fresh juices in the morning. We had various, uh, you know, uh, it was all vegetarian fare. And they struggled with that because my kids are not vegetarians. But the practical aspect of their upbringing, and I've said this many times, I'm not hiding from it. They've had organic processed foods in their upbringing. I was grown on non-organic or toxic uh, processed foods. But, you know, like the Pop-Tarts of old, they have organic versions of those things. And my kids know about them and they've had, they've consumed them. And so there is a corruption of their taste buds too that makes it a little bit of a challenge. But I would say you're far better off transitioning or going to a place like Mountains of Hope Healing Retreat and detoxing from the processed foods. Remember we had, uh, was it uh, Dr. Eifland on? Joan, was it? And it, it was talking about the addiction we have to processed foods, even organic processed foods. It's an addiction too. It's not just a, oh, it's so convenient. I like it. I mean, we're, oh, I got to have it. You crave it. So there's some stuff we got to do. So y'all, if you haven't listened to that show, I think it was one of the last shows of night of, uh, so I want to say 1999, like turn of the century, but no, 2023, one of the last shows of last year. Uh, it's a great show and you can tap into ways to get overcome the addiction to the uh, uh, processed foods. All right, let's move on to the autism tsunami in this article here from the Defender. Uh, written by Brenda Belletti, PhD. The headline reads, Society's cost to care for expanding aging autism population will hit $5.54 trillion by 2030. 
60. Now, I don't know if they're also using inflated dollar numbers or not, but the fact is, come 2060, $5.54 trillion made by the Federal Reserve probably won't be able to buy you a roll of toilet paper. They didn't account for that in this prediction, but I'm just going to say that the we already got we're $34 trillion according to the latest uh, results of uh, uh, analyzing the Federal Reserve. And $34 trillion is untenable. You you can't pay it back unless you completely stop government growth and spending and, you know, reverse course. But even then, the question is, is it a debt that is really yours? Yes, they collateralize you and your children the moment you get a Social Security number. That makes you an artificial creation of the state, not a child of God. Now, I'm not saying you're not still a child of God. Your kids are not children of God, but it alters their uh, the perception of reality and you're now inclined inadvertently or purposefully, depending, but most of us in ignorance, to collateralize ourselves for a debt that can't possibly mathematically be repaid. They don't intend to repay it. They intend to hypothecate it on and on until the system collapses. And if they can then usher in central bank digital currency so they can start the thing over again through digital mechanisms and control your ability to spend money that you think is yours, it's not, uh, via the societal or social controls through electronic media or, uh, you know, the ability to use, let's say, a pre-programmed debit card of some kind, or if they get their way to program it into you by entering chips, you know, you think, well, that's crazy. That'll never happen. Now that conspiracy theory is not a theory that's already happening. People are paying with the palms of their hands. And I don't know if you know anything about revelation, but that's right in there. So the question about this is also the willingness to subject our children to these injections that have led led to largely not just the plasticizers and stuff John, um, we were talking about uh, earlier this hour, but the injections called vaccinations leading to neurological microbiome and combination damage to brain and nervous system function, resulting in an inability to function in a, in a society in a a significantly meaningful way. And that is if you believe in holding down a job, earning a living, being able to pay for the things it takes to live in this you know, world, you know, house over your head, food on the table, clothing, et cetera. And you're unable to do that. And there are many kids that were of the uh, millennial generation and post millennials that have been injured so severely in the autism spectrum. If they weren't outright killed, that they can't function as normal adults as they get into their teen years and adult years. I'm not saying all of them are that way. There's a wide variety of ASD, if you will. And autism spectrum disorder is just indicative of some kind of neurological injury through the microbiome or other means that makes it difficult to interact and communicate in a way that we've come to expect and what's considered normal in society. Now, this is not an accusation of anybody who is on the spectrum that takes pride in their diagnosis or perceives it's a gift rather than an injury we can get into that but again there's no real winner in that argument or discussion because these people are obstinate about what they believe and perceive look you are here you are valued you're alive and i'm grateful that you are but our discussion of autism spectrum disorders is not to denigrate anybody that is on that spectrum that claims it's a gift it's more or less an acknowledgement that there are many that are so severely curtailed that they're injured beyond their ability to fully communicate. Now, we've talked about the documentary spellers. It's not that these kids aren't intelligent growing up into adulthood, but they lack the ability to communicate in a way we would normally think. Verbally, etc. 
because of some pathway or series of pathway injuries. I say largely due to vaccination, not exclusively. There's a whole lot of things that contribute to it. So set aside the gift of autism. For those that have raised children or are raising children, it doesn't feel like such a gift as you're barely keeping your head above water economically because of the costs associated with seeking out medical care or help so that you can even work because you can't leave your child at home because of the danger that they pose to themselves or others because they're not functional in a way of those that are higher functioning in the, the Asperger's scenario, for instance. This is, again, another reason why I urge you to come to the Autism Health Summit that Tracy Slepsevic is putting on. Uh, so, uh, when is it going to be? February 2nd and 3rd. When you say $5.54 trillion, yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't sound like much anymore when we were $34 trillion in debt as a country, as a nation, apparently. But as I point out, the only way we can continue this way is they continue to inflate the currency, which devalues the ability of each dollar that you think you hold, whether it be digital or in your pocket, to the point where you will not be able to pay for anything with Federal Reserve notes. Now, they'd like, as I said, for you to abandon them and then just start being digital purveyors. And at that point, you've lost any semblance of freedom. In fact, your ability to say no to vaccines will go away. Because if you don't get the recommended schedule the CDC puts out with a central bank digital currency, they will shut you down and lock you down and make you unable to do anything in society economically. Not an exaggeration. This is why you don't want real ID, because that's where it leads to. It's like the slippery slope or the stair-step digression into totalitarian dictatorship through digitization of your reality. Don't let them digitize you. I'm encouraging you to look deeper into the, num the numerical system, the things that number you like cattle or like concentration camp victims in World War II tattooing you with a number to track you through IBM's technology at the time. $5.54 trillion by the year 2060. And they still are insisting, those that are pro-vaccine mandators, they're very concerned because of the COVID craziness that you now see through that you're not willing to give the, sh the shots the way you were prior to COVID. And they wonder why they think it's because of me, RSB or other people like Mike Adams or Dr. McCullough or many others, Dell Bigtree, Highwire. No, it's not because of us. It's because they lied to you. And now, you know, they lied to you and they can't figure out how to not lie because that's what they do. That's all they know how to do. Lie, deceive, coerce, mandate, prohibit anything to get you to comply rather than appealing to your intellect and saying, here's the evidence. And in freedom, we think you'll choose this because this is the best way to go. They won't do it because they can't do it. We can tell them what they're doing wrong. And we have for many years. They continue to ignore us. or they'd rather ban us, censor us, deplatform us because we're telling the truth and they can't handle the truth because the truth, as you know, where the application of that truth sets you free. It's a choice you're making. So $5.54 trillion by 2060. Good Lord. Anything you want to add to that, Super Don? This is you, me, and Super D show today. So I give you an opportunity before we move on to the Fauci, I don't know segment of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Tony, it's plastic. <laughs> that's plays a role. That's the new venom on this show mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to talk about everything's plastic. It's all plastic. <laughs> 
Yeah, you can't. It's no, but it, it, listen, it is a big problem. I mean, yeah. when you look at these, you know, well, I mean, I like I said, I think I got rid of it, but you know, you look at the chart, yeah, uh, with the, the the numbers. I mean, we're now at like one. It's like one in thirty something. I can't remember what what the the actual number is, but mm-hmm. um, you know, what is going on right now to reverse those 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 numbers, reverse that trend. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really going on. I mean, there's some individuals that are doing some things for for themselves because they're, you know, uh, educated, beyond, you know, and I mean, self-educated mm-hmm. <clears throat> or community educated, not doctor educated, <laughs> because they don't know what to do. They're, yeah. they're, they, you know, they're just scratching. Yeah, well, you know, feel you, autism, you know, it's just a thing. It's, it's because we're diagnosing it better now. Um, but, you know, it, it, where does it stop? If we're one in 34, whatever it is now, where's it going to be five years from now? Yeah. I mean, if, if the trend's going to keep going, eventually everybody's going to be autistic. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, that just makes sense, right? I mean, uh, the, 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 to your point, Super D, it isn't just the vaccines. And I've never said it was only that. That's right. where people get caught up in. It's only that. No, it's it's a little everything. But uh, the vaccines are the syringe that breaks often the little baby camel's back. Uh, because it's a direct inf- infusion via injection versus in other environmental pathways of exposure that we can mitigate to some degree. But you have no defense against that, which is injected and bypassing the normal way we interact with the world around us or within us. Uh, so, yeah. And we've it's not the first time we brought these things up. The cost of the future. What would happen if this continues? Now, the good news is far fewer vaccinations are being given because more people than ever are going, I don't believe in the schedule anymore. I don't believe in some of them or even all of them now. That is something... Look, as positive as I try to be super D, I'll be honest, I didn't predict that. No. I didn't think that would happen because of COVID. I was, you know, it's hopeful it might, but did I think it could or would? When we were in the thick of it, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, who knew what was going to happen, right? You know, it was hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard not to get distracted by the insanity and how our lives suddenly were no longer ours to control, or at least they were trying to do that, mm-hmm. right? The, the the level of di- uh, just utter disbelief as to what, what it was that we saw was going on around us. Uh, there were times looking at that um, where it was really hard to be positive. You know, everybody we knew around us was getting uh, censored, knocked off, and then it was happening to us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was, there was a lot of bad stuff that happened. But you're right. The silver line to that, which we didn't realize, we kind of knew. I mean, we knew that when they were when they started doing the censorship thing, we knew that wasn't going to stand yeah. in the long run. But they were getting away with it in the short term. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was no way to know that it was going to have that type of effect. And now you've got a population that's kind of mm-hmm. basically split. Um, a lot of it is along political lines. Yeah, you can't you can't really uh, dispute that. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's a lot of people that consider themselves left wing or liberal or Democrat, whatever you want to call it, um, that also are, are, you know, given the CDC yeah. and the FDA the side eye because that's right. You know, they uh, they expose themselves in a huge way. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. They exposed themselves. You know, who knew it was going to take a, a, a pandemic to do that? And so today 
well, we've got so many people now that I don't think could be hoodwinked the same way because of what happened. And so I think what you've got is you've got the Legion of Doom uh, sitting there trying to figure out, you know, how, how they're going to, to do the next uh, uh, thing. Uh, and they're nervous about it because everybody's paying attention. You know, they put a big spotlight on themselves. Yeah. Right? They did. They did it to themselves despite our assistance. <laughs> despite we the very, fact that we kept telling them that yeah. what that they were they were doing was wrong and that they, you know, the the I don't know They're why we did that. Wrong. Yeah. But well, you we, know we kind of knew they wouldn't listen. I mean, that wasn't yeah. a big stretch to realize that. So good things are happening is is the bottom line here. Y'all ain't getting the shots. They can't make you. And, you know, they become more overt totalitarians. And most Americans, I think, don't like it. Some do, but most don't. And that will cause them to lose the grip, the stranglehold on power that they think they have by virtue of their belief system or birthright. Despite American uh, politics, or let's say governance is not supposed to be anything like that. It should be the opposite of that. But we'll see where it goes from here. And yeah, occasionally we delve into politics, but as we do so, it's always with the eye on freedom. Anything that violates our fundamental freedom of bodily autonomy, uh, as we talk about health freedom, medical freedom is a lesser form of that, but health freedom big, big time. And that's why sometimes we do have to delve into the politics of it. Speaking of politics, that's sort of not politics. It's Anthony Fauci. I don't know how to describe this. He's, you know, one of the, the, the you know, the, the red eyed demons, I think. If I'm going to interpret the hallucination of people on asthma medicines like singular, they're probably seeing red-eyed demon Fauci and going, I got to I got to get out of this place. Uh, he was uh, brought in to testify. I think it was a select or private committee. I don't think this was public. It was behind closed doors. Behind yeah. closed doors. I don't know why, but he was apparently surrounded by lawyers. Didn't say much except I don't recall, I don't recall, I don't recall. And my thought was, I don't know if Rand Paul was ready with this, but somebody was with all the things that you asked him, do you recall saying this? Or do you said this? I don't recall. Well, I think he might have long COVID. Maybe he can't remember. He can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Or what was the other thing? CRS can't remember. Yeah. That's the other thing. Uh, Here is uh, the article. It's in the defender and it goes into, uh, I don't recall the Fauci response hundred times. More than 100 times he didn't remember details about the pandemic response. It's like, you know, it's one thing to say, yeah, I recently can't remember times. everything. But 100 different things? Is he claiming to have neurological degradation, Alzheimer's, uh, dementia? What's going on here? Uh, or is he basically trying to cover his ass because he knows he, he's been caught dead to rights on lying to Congress, uh, engaging in perjury, much less other things that, uh, as some have argued, including Jonathan Emord, one of the greatest – Decepticons in the history of America, anti-American uh, activity that he's gone under or done. Uh, so what would we say? Do we go right to the video here? You want to talk a little bit more about the I can't recall 100 plus Yeah, times? I mean, there's not a lot to say here. I mean, yeah. the, I think the details would be boring. It would just be more uh, just, you know, more of the same that we've seen with Fauci. Um, except this time, like I said, he lawyered up. Yeah. Um, he'd be brought in, I think it was like two or four or something four, like that. I think four, four lawyers with him. Who needs four lawyers? Right? Why would you need four lawyers to go in and answer some questions about, you know, what happened during the COVID pandemic when you were the guy in charge, unless you've got something to hide? Exactly. You don't need four lawyers. Yeah. I mean, that just looks bad. The optics. Oh, speaking of optics, I can't wait to talk on Thursday tomorrow mm-hmm. with Emord. Did you yeah. see what happened? To, uh, to, I know this is a tangent, just yeah. a short one. Uh, what happened today on Capitol Hill? Uh, Hunter Biden showed up. No. Unannounced. 
at the hearing uh, about uh, that they were doing about him and he like showed up yeah. and he was like it, it almost reminded me if you've seen the movie the godfather yeah there there's a scene where uh one of the guys is going to rat on the family mm-hmm. and he's up on the stand and he's going to spill the beans on what it is that the Corleones have done or what they're doing or whatever, you know, in the past. And suddenly this guy comes into the courtroom and sits in the back row. And the guy that's up in the front looks and sees the guy in the back. And so he's like, I didn't say anything. I made it all up. Right? Oh, wow. It, 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 yeah. Really it, well, no, I'm just wow. saying that's what it reminds me of. But okay. what happened was yeah. Hunter Biden showed up with his attorney and his entourage, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And suddenly there's like, ta-da, we're here. And and the people, all the Congress people are like freaking out. And they're just like, oh, my, get, what, what is this? What's going on? What like that? And uh, he was there. And then as soon as Marjorie Taylor Greene, it was her turn to say something because, you know, mm-hmm. she's been very critical. Yeah. Um, Kind of over the top in some cases. Uh, about the Hunter Biden situation, as soon as it was her time to speak, Hunter Biden jumped up and all those people and they all ran out of the out of the room right before she was about to speak. Oh, uh, uh, you know, the optics of this thing was crazy. So anyway, we'll talk more about that on Thursday. I'll have the video for that and stuff. Very cool. Okay, so anyway, uh, so back, Fauci, right? back to Fauci here. Okay, yeah. I would, yes, I've got a video here that I saw this morning. This is from an individual, and actually, we'll see his name uh, on the video. But this has to do with Fauci, not specifically about the I don't recall, but uh, just I, I, I'll just let the, the video speak for itself. This is kind of fun. Check this out. An ingenious college kid from Fairbanks, Alaska. Whoops. Just- is that the wrong one? That's the wrong one. Stand by. <laughs> what a great setup that was, wasn't it? <laughs> Holy cow. Fauci video. Okay. Stand by. It'll take, it'll take a second here. Anyway. Well, while you're setting it up, I, I just want to say uh, mom's birthday is this month. She's turning 90. Amazing. 90 trips around the sun. Wow. And uh, we're going to celebrate together on January 28th, which is a Sunday in Atlanta area. I don't even know where yet. I have to reach out and find out. Uh, but if you're in the Atlanta area and you want to join us, let me know. Uh, that could be fun. And then on the 29th, the plan is to do an early Robert Scott Bell show because I got to fly out after the af- in the afternoon where we'd normally be live. But Super Don, when you did, when we were in Columbia and did early shows, right. you, you rebroadcast them at the regular time. We can do it. So I think so. it, what was it? It was like, like seven o'clock my time or something like that. That's the plan. When I we think. did yeah, before, yeah. but is that how early you want to do I, it this time? I think so. Yeah. That's, that's my thought. Really? Yeah. yeah. 7 a.m. on Monday, the 29th would be Pacific time, 10 a.m. Eastern. And then rebroadcast, of course, at the normal time on the 29th of January for mom's birthday. Unless she just doesn't want to do it, but I, I anticipate. Like you know, I don't have as much a problem with that because it's on a Monday. Right, it's coming off of a Sunday. Yeah, time to prepare. We to do it if we have to do it. Yeah, the whole deal. So, all right, okay. seven a.m. Pacific, ten p.m. or ten a.m. Uh, Eastern, Eastern on Monday. All right, and, so. and again, anytime I bring up mom and the fact that she's hitting her ninetieth, I have to say thank you to Bobbery, right? Because the Folium products, good lord, are they amazing. You know, if you need a, to break through a ceiling in your healing, if you're trying everything and not getting where you think you need to go, give Folium products a try. FoliumPX.com, Folium Immuno, Folium Relax, all of them. And you'll see what they can do. The You know, one of the most powerful antioxidants in the natural world, uh, countering the Chernobyl-level events back in the 80s. This is how it developed. Uh, and you can go to FoliumPX.com. 
and use the code RSB10 to get a little discount as well while you're at it. And uh, we'll celebrate together. And those of you in trouble, we'll celebrate too because you won't be in trouble anymore. That's my plan anyway for you. So with that, Super D, did you find with the- that? Yeah, I, I just yeah. had the wrong one loaded up okay. here. So just a, a good good segue here. Okay. Uh, Steven over in the Rumble chat room says, when Fauci says he does not recall, hmm. remind him with the video footage. Right. That was well, my point too, yes. When Fauci says he does not lie, here's a video reminding him with the video footage. If it may have been a lab, may have been nature, we're supposed to look forward, then why did Dr. Fauci work so hard for just one of those theories? What do you say to that? I almost have to laugh at that, Neil. I mean, that's totally bizarre. First of all, I wasn't leaning totally strongly one way or the other. I wasn't leaning totally strongly one way or the other. Flashback. What I do feel strongly about is that this was a spillover from an animal species to a human. Strongly suggesting that, in fact, it was a natural occurrence. Very strongly. Strongly indicating that it was a natural spillover. Strongly points to this being a natural occurrence. Pointing much more strongly. Pretty strong. Towards a natural occurrence. Very, very strongly. Strongly favors a natural occurrence. I wasn't leaning totally strongly one way or the other. Wow. It is very, very strongly leaning towards this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. Lied and lied. There's a distinct anti-science flavor to this. Huh. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> Dude, that is right like the point. brilliant, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of stuff that people need to do. And it's people like this guy here. Uh, that it, it drives, drives me nuts because there's a, and I've said this before, this country has a, like a, a, a bad case of, of Alzheimer's disease Mm -hmm. because people forget it's so, we're so inundated with information and media and stuff like that, that we have a tendency to forget these things when they're said, but there's some people that you can recall. You're like, wait a minute, that's not true. He said this or that or whatever. And then you have to try and figure out where do I go back and find that? You know what they said a year ago. Guys like this are doing a great service mm-hmm. when they put these types of things together because how do you dispute that? Right. You know, I mean, saying one thing and then saying another. Um, you know, he basically hung himself. So anyway, I just I wanted to play that because I thought that Louis was can impressive. put him on singular and he can see himself as the red-eyed demon that he is. There you like go. that. That'd be cruel and unusual, putting him on a drug that causes suicide and hallucinations of red-eyed demons. Yes. All right. Anyway. Yeah. I kind of feel like I've rambled a little bit today. You, you've been on today, dude. And I knew it because you have some serious passions about certain subjects that I want you to unload on. You know, when we talk about doing this show, I don't know how you remain quiet as much as you do. I know it's quote unquote my show, right? But for me, there are people that, you know, do a show once a week. When I started for much of the early years of the Robert Scott Bell show, when it was Jumpstart Your Health, and then initially the Robert Scott Bell show was once a week. And then February 2nd, Groundhog Day, 2011, we went six days a week. And then at a certain point within the last couple of years, we decided Sunday show will be pre-recorded and they're now Sunday conversations for an hour as opposed to doing six days a week live, much less five days and then two hours recorded. So there has been a minor transition, but it's mostly been in the realm of doing more, not less. And the reason why I'm not tired of doing the show every day like this is because it's a catharsis for me. As you find out, when I don't do a show for a day, I come back and I'm like, ah! you're talking too much. <laughs> I got to get this <laughs> off my chest, this stuff. 
And some of you might actually enjoy it when I do that. Thank you for that. But love hearing from you. And I love hearing from Super Don too. So it's fun when we get to do the You, Me, and Super D show, which is today. So uh, with that, we've got a homeopathic hit wrapping up the show before the bonus round. And uh, the homeopathic hit relates to primarily men, but not exclusively. Women can help be helped by this too. So let's hit it and find out what it is. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Unlike Big Pharma, where it's the side effect of another drug and they repackage it for big sales, this natural botanical medicine has been used for a long time for a similar circumstance, sexual dysfunction in men. It's Yohimbinum, the Latin name for Yohimbe. It's the homeopathic hit of the day, thanks to our friends at Trinity School of Natural Health, Nutritional Frontiers, Foley and PX, and others that support this message, Hail Freedom and Healing Liberty. We get to extend and do these homeopathic hits. Yohimbinum, and it is a plant. Super Don has a picture of it that he drew. Who knew he was such an artist? There it is, the Yohimbe plant. <laughs> It's very happy. It's very happy. Yes. Thumbs up, buddy. That's right. And it's 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 got wood. Let's just say that. You know him being him got wood. Yes, that's a that's a. Did bit you of a really point. say that? I did. You know him being him the re- remedy for congestive conditions and sexual dysfunction. Uh, as we do these homeopathic hits, they're not all intensive or all exhaustive. They're trying to give you some insights to go uh, further or deeper into your study of homeopathy to learn about the remedies that we talk about or others that might be related. So welcome back. The homeopathic hit today is Yohimbinum, a homeopathic remedy often used for congestive or circulatory disorders and issues related to sexual dysfunction. So let's explore some of those applications that is related to Yohimbinum. Origination of Yohimbinum, it's the derived from the bark of the Yohimbe tree a native to Western Africa. It's commonly known to be utilized for sexual dysfunction in its highly dilute form as a homeopathic remedy. It's completely safe and it has great potential to treat circulatory issues and enhance sexual vitality. Key characteristics. We talk about the physical, you know, him being them. It's known for its effectiveness in treating conditions related to poor circulation, such as cold extremities and numbness. It's also indicated in cases of sexual dysfunction, including impotence and decreased libido. Mentally, there may be a general state of fatigue, lack of vitality, and it's often associated with those physical symptoms, and both can be addressed with Yohimbinum. So reiterate some of these things as we go through the primary uses. And by the way, this PDF that we're looking at right now is downloadable for free at robertscottbell.com. The first day this air is January 10th, 2024, or if if it's an encore one day. But if you really want to get it all in one place, Super Don has put it there. But if you want the video version of this later to hear me talking about it, you got to become a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show. And then you can access them to your heart's delight to learn about these remedies, to hear them, not just read them. Some of you, it's helpful to do that. So circulatory disorders, primarily effective for managing symptoms associated with numbness or coldness, extremities, sexual dysfunction used in cases of sexual dysfunction, particularly when there is a decrease in vitality or performance, talking about uh, impotence, for instance. Lactation. This is interesting, ladies. This is not just for men. It, It is indicated helpful for milk production or lactation in females. How about that? Not just for men. General fatigue, indicated for general feelings of fatigue or lack of energy, especially when linked to circulatory or sexual health issues. Now, when we get to dosage and potencies, let's say it's a nagging minor issue, not major. You could do a 10X every day. You could do a 10X potency every day, three times a day, and you'll be helped, not harmed. 
But if you're dealing with a really deep-seated chronic condition, you may try these higher potencies, 30C, 200C, LMs and things. But I would indicate then to reach out to a homeopath to work with you. So you're not triggering any aggravations or not succeeding where you could or should or want to be. So consider consulting with a homeopath when you go into the high, high, high potencies. And as we scroll down on this uh, PDF, you're going to see some complementary remedies to consider. Uh, some of you have heard of Vitex Agnus Castus or Agnus Castus. It's an herb often used alongside Yohimbinum for issues related to sexual vitality and performance. I add in here Sabal, which is the saw palmetto in homeopathic form, which is often indicated for prostate issues and in men, obviously, and even ovarian and breast issues in women. So some of these things, even though they have uh, a penchant for going towards the male, uh, there's a lot of benefit to the female as well. So don't, you know, discount it just because you, oh, I heard it's about this. It's also, you know, as you look deeper, it could be for you too. Lycopodium was indicated sometimes for circulatory disorders and sexual dysfunction, especially when there's also a lack of confidence or self-esteem. So emotional issues related to lycopodium, which, you know, we've used for um, hypoglycemia and diabetes. Cautions, yohimbinum as a homeopathic is really not dangerous, uh, but it's advisable not to self-prescribe for uh, uh, serious conditions uh, or worsening conditions if they persist or worsen. Please consult a healthcare provider of your choice, a homeopath, preferably if you can find one. And as we wrap up the homeopathic hit of the day, as a reminder, yohimbinum, valuable homeopathic remedy, particularly effective for treating circulatory congestive disorders and sexual dysfunction. So if you don't mind, I hope you enjoy it. Keep tuning into the Robert Scott Bell Show for more insights into the world of homeopathy with our homeopathic hits. Remember, this is not to replace your doctor if you have or want one. It's information, it's education to provide you the ability to make a fully informed decision about the care of your health, the health of your loved ones, including your kids without interference. So thank you. And there you go. Have a wonderful weekend. Oh, it's not the weekend. It's only Wednesday. The weekend? I'm teasing. Anyway, let's uh, take a quick break for those of you who want to hang around for the uh, bonus round. If you got questions or comments, submit them now in the various chat rooms. We'll check it out before we leave you for the day and come back tomorrow. In the meantime, the power to heal is still yours. That's it for the uh, interlude. Now we're in the bonus round. You saw the uh, sledding dogs if you were watching it. Uh, dude, I was up late last night. I just got like, I, I knew I wouldn't have time to go to the, the workout this morning because I had so many recording sessions before the show today. Yep. That I was shoveling snow. I was out there, I think, maybe an hour last night shoveling. We had a massive, like, I don't know what you call it when it's a sudden dumping of it's like it's here and gone, but it dumps a lot. And I was like, I just got to do this now. I'm not going to have time in the morning. So I was up there and I ended up shoveling the sidewalks for the neighbors too. They while they were sleeping, they woke up and it was like, Whoa, it's there. And it dusted a little bit more, but I had a good workout. I feel it. You know, my muscles are really like, yeah, I did it. So there are a lot of ways to exercise. You don't have to be members of a gym, uh, but, uh, Winter time, break out the shovels if you're in snow snow season somewhere. I, I don't mind shoveling. I know that it gets old. And yeah, I'm sort of ready for summer already, but <laughs> you make the best of it. Uh, <clears throat> it was a snowstorm or a blizzard? Did you? Yeah, it was a blizzard, but a short one. Short Does that blizzard. make sense? What do the, you call the, it? Short big wind blizzard. gusts and everything. Uh, uh, snow apocalypse. I don't know. I don't know what they call it. So, by the way, did you shovel yet? You had a lot of snow. No, I have. I have not because I don't want to. 
Has anybody had to, to, um, to get out of the driveway or anything? No, it hasn't been that bad. Hmm. We got, I don't know. We got maybe, I mean, it's less than a foot, I think. Yeah. But uh, not enough. You know, the vehicle we've got is not like really low to the ground. So mm-hmm. it's a it's an SUV sort of, you know. Okay. So we're doing all right. Apparently, there is not a really a, a, a name for a short blizzard. You might hear people refer to it as a snow squall. Which oh, you there did. you go. Yeah, snow squall. Yeah. Yeah, I like that so, as a term. That'll work. Here's a question from Yolanda Yohimbe Jimenez. No, it's just Yolanda. <laughs> um, is Boron, Boron, or Boron a good homeopathic brand? Now, that's a French company, so they're a bunch of sissies, but despite that, they make fine homeopathic remedies because... According to the homeopathic pharmacopoeia of the United States and various pharmacopoeias around the world, there's a recipe to make a homeopathic remedy. And it's not that different around the world. It's pretty much the same. So when you deal with single ingredient homeopathic remedies, they all have to be made the same. Whereas if you're dealing with complex homeopathic remedies, that's where you'll see distinctions in formulations. People can formulate based on theory, which is one way to do it. But I think more or less I would defer to people that have clinical experience to formulate to succeed more often than not, rather than being shotgunners in terms of I'm just going to throw a bunch of remedies at it. There are thoughtful, carefully selected uh, remedies because your, your clinical experience shows you that these remedies working in synergy are better than single remedies in terms of certain reasons or uses. Now, classically trained homeopaths will thumb their noses or whatever, hold their noses up at and go, that's just not homeopathy. That's, you know, shotgun, and that's not real homeopathy. Listen, Hahnemann developed the system later in his years when he went to Paris and saw the the aristocracy of Paris. Read read a homeopathic love story by Rima Handley if you want to learn that the rest of the story there. I don't care whether you use one remedy or a hundred to get well as long as you get well. If you are so dogmatic that you're unwilling to see the benefit of utilizing homeopaths and se- homeopathic remedies in sequence or even complex form, and I don't tend to use them in high potency either in that way. Um I, you know, look, I'm not going to reach you. I'm not trying to even convince you as as there are various homeopaths and they all don't get along <laughs> just like anything. I can get along with them. I don't have a problem because I love the classical methodology and similimum prescribing. I don't have a problem with that. But there are many people that are so chronically ill, toxic, dysfunctional that we can work with low potencies, addressing many symptoms simultaneously, including systems, if you will, that are dysfunctional. And we can bring them back online so that they can better respond when they're able to the similimum, that one single remedy. So the answer to your question about one particular uh, remedy and who it's made by, they often make it pretty much the same way. The complexes and the formulations are different based on either theoretical or clinical experience. How's that for an answer? Um, yeah. You zoned out. You're bored silly. See, I knew these homeopathic discussions would be boring. Oh, is that what you were talking about? Oh. <laughs> you don't even know. Uh, you were answering the question, yes. Boiron. Yeah. Boiron. Yolanda, which one do I use? I use... Boron, I've used Borky and Taffel. I've I've used every remedy I can find, any remedy, and I don't care the brand. In single remedies, I really don't. Uh, when it comes to complexes, you make your own. I can formulate my own or work with others that I know do good work. Uh, so hopefully that's helpful. Um, my wife says it's, it was a snow squall. She said it was a squall. A snow squall. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Call me about I'm not, not going to argue with the wife. No, don't do that. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. All right. Anything on Rumble anywhere? Any questions, comments? We don't want to stick around just to stick around. We are all, caught up. <clears throat> we're all caught up on Rumble. Okay. And it looks like we're all caught up on uh, Facebook. Okay. How about the website? Let me see. Uh, we have our website, robertscottbell.com slash listen for the chat room. Uh, Diana commented on your what you played that video. Fauci busted. She says, hmm. sadly, my family will say that what that was an edit by the COVID deniers, right? An Which she edit. says she is proudly oh. part of that. She wishes she could open the minds of more, but people have to be ready to hear it. Good job, nonetheless. Super D, that was a message. Good. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought that was a keeper. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's take a look at what we've got going on tomorrow. I know we've got uh, Jonathan Emord in the first hour, as usual. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I think he's. we're going to have some laughs tomorrow when you see that video, what happened today. Okay. Uh, then we got uh, Danny Katz. Danny Katz uh, is author of a book called The Language of Betterarchy, A Blueprint for Uniting Against Tyranny. Okay. Yeah, that's a good title. Focuses her quantum languaging word wizardry. Whoa. Quantum languaging word wizardry. What do you think about that? That's fascinating. I think we'll have a fun time with that. <laughs> her quantum languaging word wizardry on societal overhaul. Mm -hmm. uh, equal parts cultural critique and revolutionary handbook. Okay. Well, yeah, this is going to be a good conversation. I can tell already. Cool. Um, all right, cool. So that'll be an hour two, plus our uh, homeopathic hit of the day, uh, news of the day, and whatever of the day. Whatever of the day. Yes. So that's what we got going on tomorrow. Okay, guys and gals, if you got nothing, we don't we don't stick around just to stick around. I mean, this is like we've 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 done what we wanted to do today. We've covered the stories that I think were important. And Super Don's gotten a lot off of his chest, which I'm glad for the You, Me, and Super D show that we do from time to time. Uh, most of the time we have guests, one or both hours, and we continue to rise up the charts to get to the 2,000th guest in this calendar year. That is the plan. We got to think and, about who that's going to be. Yeah. And if Kevin keeps it up like I anticipate he will, we'll get there. But yeah, you're right. When it comes to number 2,000, that'll be an interesting selection. Who would we want to have as the 2,000th guest? Uh, we're getting there. This is the 25th year of broadcast healing. Oh, uh, no. 30th on. year as a homeopath, whatever. Hold on a second. Can't believe we're this old. I need to do something. How did we get here? How, How did we get old here? On the air. Um. Yeah. Stand by. Okay. <laughs> You know, it's funny because it's it's my my uh, my video files got kind of scrambled, mixed up today. Yeah, um, and I just noticed that there was something missing here. So, so anyway, all right. Well, I think our our uh, our snow is about to clear up, but we're supposed to get down to like ten degrees here. That's just so not right. fun. Yeah, it makes makes the driving fun. 10 degrees. 
What is Leslie saying? She missed the show, but she got to go to a gas station. Praise the Lord. Dude, listen, when I messaged her to harass her about the poster uh, yeah. uh, uh, earlier, yeah, uh, her and her husband had blown a tire and were stranded on the side of the road. Was it 10 degrees and snowing? I felt really, I felt terrible. Was it 10 degrees and snowing, Super Don? I'm like, hey, where's the poster? Well, uh, I'll have it tomorrow, but we're broken down on the side of the road right now. It's like, oh, crap. Sorry. I'm just saying it's not 10 degrees and snowing, so why is she complaining? Uh, You ever blown a tire and been stuck on the side of the road? (laughs) I'm uh, obviously totally teasing. That kind of bites. Not fun at all. She says, no, it's 48 degrees. Yeah, no, it's like, I'm teasing, Leslie. We love you, and we're glad that you got to the the gas station, uh, and and everything's good. So uh, let's see. Tomorrow, we got to coordinate a call with Jamie from Nutritional Frontier Strategy Planning. So let's look at our calendar for tomorrow after we're off the air here today, Super D. Talk about that and uh, get that going, and then... A lot of interviews. We got we got so much to do, dude. Yeah, we like do. there's not gonna be much downtime. <sighs> I hope we had it because we don't got it now. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, like we always do. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll stop rambling, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Ramble on, rambling man. Thank you for being here, y'all. Share the show. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing, less than 22 hours from now. <laughs>